Hello everyone, welcome back to Nerds of Legend. Today we're talking about Spider-Man and Batman, specifically their rogue gallery. Sinister Syndicate versus Arkham Inmates. Uh, as with me, as always, we have Joel. Oh. Ben. Hi. And today we have a special guest. Welcome, Victor. Victor, please shout yourself out. Hi, uh, insert, inserting shameless self-promotion here. I am Victor from the Longbox. I mean, well, yes, I was a part of the Longboxes podcast as well as Pegwarmer podcast, which is my current one. Um, and basically about me, I mostly talk about acting figures, comic books, movies, TV shows, and any other, any other media. We even cover video games as well. But, um, I think that's enough about me for now. We have a interesting topic and, uh, yeah. Let's, let's jump right into it then. Today we're talking about Arkham Inmates versus Sinister Syndicate. So what we're going to do is starting us off. We're going to go to Joel and Ben. Uh, Joel, real fast, 60 seconds on the clock. I want you to tell me why your villain that you're representing is superior in every single way, starting right now. He's facing first. Uh, your villain is the Joker, and you are facing oh. Ben, who is representing Carnage. Oh, oh. Um. First off, the Joker is... Well... Carnage has, like, a backstory. The Joker is an enigma. Like, nobody knows where he comes from. No, There's no true machinations on why he does it. Other, you, Everybody gets from... He will, in one breath, destroy an entire town. And then in the same, stop, stop and help somebody next to him. He does everything based off his own amusement. He's completely and utterly unpredictable. And his choices of weapons run from... Over the top, like, just a pie to the face to a nuclear warhead with a smiley face on it and everything in between. He is wildly unpredictable and has no problem bringing an acid-filled custard cream pie to a gunfight. Hmm. Uh, he is absolutely brilliant and is known to go toe-to-toe with some of the best uh, minds, including Batman, and will have absolutely no no problem with killing his own people versus everyone around him. Also, all for the sake of good fun. All right, very good. Uh, Ben, 60 seconds on the clock, starting right now. So, while I understand how uh, Joel considers the Joker to be an enigma, I'd like you to take into account that Carnage is just an alien, unknowable sort of life form that would just basically show up and just uh, turn the Joker into a skin suit. Um, basically, he's harder, better, faster, stronger than Joker in every way, and would literally just, like, just, like, skullfuck the shit out of the Joker. Regardless of however random clown-based weaponry the Joker may have. That's my page. You got 20 seconds. Oh, I still got 20 seconds? I mean, from another standpoint, he's vampiric. He can basically just, like, take Joker's stuff into his ability. He's stronger. Uh, He's gone toe-to-toe with all kinds of enemies. He's basically, like, a... He's basically a force of nature at this point. Um, Okay. Excellent. So, we're going to start this off with five minutes of open debate between our two, uh, starting right now. Joel, why would Joker beat 
beat up Carnage. How? What is Carnage's number one weakness? Uh, Sound. Sound. Everything Joker has, like, is all loud, obnoxious noises. You don't think, like, once he finds out that he is completely incapacitated by a bang, he wouldn't be rapid-firing his stupid, like, bullet-loaded, get snap bang gun all day long. Like, it's, the Joker would figure his weakness out in a second. Yeah, but and would would, and would immediately incapacitate him. Carnage would have to end it immediately, which he would in order for because Joker. I don't know. Car- Carnage is a little bit too much of a talker. I mean, so is the Joker. The jo- yeah, the, but <laughs> the Joker's a doer while he talks. How often do you see the Joker standing around monologuing when he's doing some ridiculous bit of some form of schizophrenic nonsense? Um, uh, he might talk, but he's in motion while doing it. Yes, but... I, I feel that Carnage's window to attack the Joker would be incredibly small because it would take him four seconds to realize one skin ripple from a loud sound, and he'd be like, "Well, ha, I win this one." So he's not—he's not as—he's not, as, not like fire. Venom. He's don't forget it's also fire. Fire and sound are his things. Those are like the Joker's two favorite toys. He's also, but he's not like Venom level vulnerable to sound. Like, yes, he does. Like, you have to make a pretty loud, loud bang to do it. I mean, if we're gonna just gonna go off of like movies, perhaps like Spider Man had to put Venom inside of a giant clock tower bell to like make anything happen. Right. That was to turn him into goo. But they also have the sonic weapons and everything else. So yeah, he's vulnerable to that, but he'd just come back. And he's also sneakier than the Joker, so if he if Joker pissed him off enough to make him like shut down for a little bit, he'd just pop back up again. Brian, question for the for the competition. Are we going a hundred percent incapacitated, like permanently kill, or are we just doing like defeat in combat? Uh, I think that's for you guys to decide. I think that, like, given the circumstances and our two combatants, I don't think either one has a problem actually killing, so... Oh, no, absolutely not. whatsoever. I would still say, I was going to say the Joker because he has... He's just... When it comes to figuring out somebody's weakness, he'll get you immediately. Carnage is a one-trick pony. He will hack, slash, and keep going until it's dead. But... I mean, that's kind of Joker's world. He so, lives sort of like direct violence, and it's his favorite happy place to see somebody coming at him, stabbing and shooting. He's like, this is the best day ever. So, like, from, Joker's creative. From another standpoint, is is are we talking, like, death battle rules, where, like, they basically just bump into each other in the street and decide to, like, murder each other? Or are we talking like, like, like injustice, where they just fall in and like you're going to die? Or do they like <laughs> presumably know each other already? So they're like, oh well, fuck, I'm just going. Like, are they going to take this seriously from the get go? Because I feel like Carnage is more likely to take a fight seriously from the get go than Joker is. Well, keep in mind that in uh, terms of like notification, in terms of actual like uh, comic uh, kind of like lore sort of thing. Batman and Spider-Man kind of share a universe. I mean, Batman and Spider-Man have interacted multiple times over the years, even when the universes weren't crossing over. Uh, There was, uh, of course, the Amalgam comics back in the 90s, where DC and Marvel had... Sorry? They're so great. Yeah, where they had DC and Marvel, like, 
uh, fighting against each other and eventually like starting to combine with each other, and then they split apart again, sort of thing. But uh, even in terms of outside of the Amalgam comics, yeah, Spider-Man once applied for uh, you know membership in the Justice League and got turned down by mm-hmm. fucking Batman, by the way. Uh, so I mean, it's pretty well established at this point that like from here <laughs> they they do share a space. So I could foresee a thing where like their villains are also aware of each other. Mm-hmm. So. The other thing is, I mean, in reality, if these two did cross paths, their love of chaos, they'd probably walk, they'd probably leave together as buddies. They probably wouldn't kill each other anyway, but. <laughs> yeah, but in this, in this case. I think they would. Because they're both just like agents there of is, chaos. There's like, an existing storyline already that I found uh, where the Joker does bond as Carnage. And it is like just chaos incarnate. So, yes, I am going to change that from our discussion to say they would start fighting, attempt to kill each other, and be like, we're made for each other. <laughs> and then, I can picture Joker. See, Carnage, you and me are... We're, we're not so different. You and me are the same. We both have smiles on our faces. And then Carnage <laughs> will leave Cletus Cassidy, and then they'll both tag team and kill Cletus Cassidy as they become one. one. And the poor serial killer is just left murdered by his own favorite weapon. Joe Carnage. <laughs> yes. So, round one is going to go to Carnage and Joker being like, it's going to, we're, we're, we're shipping Carnage and Joker. <laughs> yeah, we're shipping Carnage and Joker. I'm putting that one down as a win in the Joker category because Carnage and Cletus Cassidy are the same person. They do refer to themselves as I instead of we. So mm-hmm. uh, is also a symbiote. So I mean, like, oh yeah, yeah the Joker would go because he would steal the symbiote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I'm putting that down as a win for Joker. Okay, we're moving on to our second battle. Uh, 60 seconds on the clock. Joel, I'm coming back to you. Tell me why the Penguin is superior over Kingpin. 60 seconds, go. All right. I am going to have to do two rounds of this. Like, the first, the first, I am going to give myself a defeat on original Penguin. Original Penguin was just a Penguin-inspired gag criminal in the 60s, you know, like with the umbrellas and bright costume. The Kingpin would destroy him in a minute, but new incarnation of the Penguin where he's got this massive criminal syndicate and has amassed some kind of political power along with his, his like, he's a brilliant strategist. I believe the Penguin himself would be would not be much of a uh, threat to the Kingpin, but his organization would put a definite wrench in the works. Um, as far as going directly killing, I don't know, but I could see them uh, creating significant opportunity and occupying their empires for quite some time. Um, both of the Penguin would be able to operate both on the surface as a legitimate uh, wealthy businessman while running and controlling a majority of the drug trade, thus vast amounts of money in uh, the underworld. So I would say maybe not kill, but put definitely be a massive thorn in his side all right excellent and finally we're coming over to victor victor please tell me why the kingpin would absolutely crush penguin well the same the same that joel said for penguin can also be said for kingpin not only is he a successful businessman he if i he has also ran for 
a political position. I believe he ran for the the mayor of New York. So his reach is pretty extensive. And he has legitimate businesses. I believe he runs a construction company. And more often than not, whenever Rhino comes around smashing stuff, smashing buildings, uh, fighting with Spider-Man or Black Cat or Miles Morales even, uh, Wilson Fisk is always there to to for damage control. And because because he has such an extensive reach on the surface, he is that also makes him one of the one of the major threats, not just for Spider-Man, but for the Avengers, for Daredevil, Moon Knight, and other other street level heroes because Kingpin has has an army, an army in his disposal, and he also has what was his name? Um Alistair Smythe on his side, who is possibly one of the one of the best weapon builders aside from Tony Stark himself. Alright, excellent. Uh we're gonna jump right into the five minute open debate. Alright, who would wanna who would wanna start? Victor, you wanna start? Sure. Well I mean the way this is going down, I if we're doing if it's hand to hand combat, I'm I would I, have to say Kingpin. I would I would give it to you. In a Kingpin would squish him, squish him like a grape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there would be very little competition physically. Physically, but then also you, I do have to be mindful of Penguin's umbrellas. Those, it, it, it depends on which umbrella. It, it's if they're if they're meeting on the street and Penguin does know about him, Penguin possibly could could snipe him yeah, out. But provided he's equipped appropriately. Providing, but if it's hand to hand, I would say, I would argue Kingpin, but realistically, coming from these these two power hungry tycoons, I see this more of a gang war. Yeah, agreed. I see this as a turf war thing, and the Penguin's number one thing is he he runs a a meeting place that is both frequented by police and gangsters, and he runs a legitimate nightclub to where he he could control a lot of the flow of information, and that's one of his my main traits. So I think like he would really double down on controlling the way information is communicated to keep the kingpin guessing at to where he's going. But then on the other hand, he's a, he controls a massive part of Gotham City's drug trade. And so in this situation, I would think he would keep everybody well, either misinformed and well inebriated, or uh, inform the correct people and withhold certain things from them. Uh, I believe that way. Uh, as far as it comes down, economically speaking, he's not as wealthy as the Kingpin. But he does have a lot more aristocratic friends as it, in by him, the nature of the establishment that he runs. He's able to rub a lot more elbows than the Kingpin does. Keep, keep uh, in mind Kingpin. that the Kingpin, even while in prison, main, like even in continuities where Kingpin is in prison he continues to maintain his empire. Now, I don't know yeah. if Penguin does the same level, because most of the time, Penguin's not Penguin, behind bars. Penguin but Penguin Penguin is able to run both levels of it. But I don't think Penguin's been really incarcerated that often. No. I mean, other no, than Adam West, Wilson where everybody has, Yeah. Yeah, Wilson Fisk has been incarcerated, and like how Ben said, he is still in control of his empire. His influence is still there, but... Kingpin is also a master of blackmailing, so any information that he would come across about any of Penguin's um, 
Penguins buildings, uh, in infrastructure, Kingpin would probably have a note of it or a folder of it. He always has a file of something on someone that he always plans on using to get ahead of him. Right. I, I'm going to say on my point, I'm not going to say that there would be a definitive winner. I think this would become a long, drawn-out turf war between the two of them. I think yeah. they could easily crush all their other oppositions and be the only side standing, but I don't really foresee one giving ground to the other. So if oh, you're no. saying from but that unlike, point, then if unlike, they... I do not ever see that. Unlike with Joker and Carnage, I never see them being like, you and I together, because they don't really play well with anybody. For, from that no, point, then, if their enterprises would be fought to a standstill, then we're, we have to resort to how they would do if they actually faced each other. Which nope. would put Kingpin in the lead. I mean, if okay. that's what we did. If let we me, let me ask you this, then, okay? To kind of settle the, the tiebreaker, if you will, uh, I'm going to ask which one of the two would be able to amass the bigger arsenal? Keep in mind that Penguin, in terms of continuity, is a legit arms dealer who has, in fact, procured weapons for Birds of Prey, Gotham Knights, and of course, I would say awesome I would inmates. say the Penguin could get that. Not to mention he's got uh, he's got henchmen like uh, that are legitimate arms manufacturers. Like they make weapons, including some unique weapons, and he makes his own weaponry. So I would say that the Penguin would probably be able to. Not that the Kingpin's not able to. The Peg would be, would be able to do it in a much faster pace. Mm. That's... I don't know, because Kingpin does have Alistair Smythe on the side, and Alistair Smythe is responsible for creating the army of spider slayers. So you have a bunch... You have Penguin's unique, unique guns and arsenals, but then you look over at Kingpin's side and there's giant robots specifically created to capture Spider-Man. But are we talking just volume of guns or just... I'm going to stick with my original and say that um, it would become a two-sided turf war. And say that I they would that fight We actually have to agree. I think we have to call this one a draw. Yeah, I think I would have to say they would, they would go toe-to-toe and stay there. All right. Uh, Joel, coming back to you, tell me why Two-Face, 60 seconds on the clock, is better than Green Goblin. Um, Two-Face is better because um, the Green Goblin has lost his mind completely. Like, he's still a strategist, but there's still a little bit of Harvey Dent left in Two-Face. Um, he is, like, a brilliant legal mind, and... The only downside with him is his his crippling like grip of duality. Um, his this is an interesting matchup. I'm trying to think why he would be better. Uh, I believe that it would be, it would literally be to the luck of the draw. Would he be better? Does he have the capability? Absolutely. He's got the absolute capability, the mental prowess. He's got the physical prowess. He's got marksmanship that he has learned and trained extensively at. Um, but if the coin flips the wrong way, he'll just walk away. So this is a this is a duel. This is a competition. One hundred percent left to chance. Yeah, 
Okay. Uh, ben, coming over to you. Tell me why Green Goblin would offer uh, Two-Face a sadistic choice. I can't hear you at all. <laughs> Sorry. From my perspective, Green Go- uh, uh, Two-Face is a man with a coin and a gun. And then depending on how that coin flips, then he uses the gun or not. Whereas Green Goblin, I mean, just basically based off of power sets alone, Green Goblin is just going to, like, wipe the floor with Two-Face. There's, like, no question. Like, even even if... Even if Two-Face decides to shoot him, Green Goblin's, like, armored up and shit, and probably has the endurance to, like, heal through some fucking, heal through a bullet wound. Like, he's got, he's got a level of healing, he's got reflexes, stamina, endurance, and he's smart, he may be maniacal, but I, I would, I would hazard to guess that Green Goblin is smarter than Two-Face. I, I would disagree that he's not smarter than Two-Face, he's just... Ben, He's still got several seconds on your clock for, uh... I mean, like, just from, like, level of kit alone, like, what what does Two-Face have that would you, he would be able to beat Green Goblin with? Just from, like, a kit and power standpoint. Okay, well, we're gonna go into the five-minute open Hold debate. Victor had, First a, thing. Victor had a point. Yeah. That's Victor what I was about to jump to. Uh, Victor, I did see your finger up. Go ahead and, uh, you start us off. For Green Goblin, which Green Goblin are we talking about? Are we talking the Are we talking the actual costume Green Goblin, or the armored version of William Defoe, or the <laughs> muscular flying giant from the Ultimate Comics, or are we that talking can, about can the shoot fireball, or are we talking Harry Osborn? You know. I, I would say we're talking Norman Osborn, but, um, I mean, are in we the current... Norman Osborn, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., sort of a Norman Osborn, or are we talking, like... <laughs> is is he Green Goblin when he's director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I mean, he was still very much the Green Goblin when he was director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, yes. I'm, I'm not I'm not as familiar with the all That was of during Green the uh, yeah. Civil War era. Okay. Of, uh, the first Civil War, I should say. Uh, when he was also director of the Thunderbolt. Yeah. I would say I would say we're talking maybe not like super juiced Green Goblin, but like he's got the Goblin Goblin formula, so he's got the super strength and the speed and and, and endurance and all that. Maybe not like super juiced up Green Goblin. I mean, oh, but so I mean, even if we're talking like if we're talking like if we're talking like Norman Osborn, director of Shield, Green Goblin, then I would say that he's even better connected to just wipe the floor with Two Face. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly gonna sit and say unless he had time to prepare, they just met up and were like, "Let's fight." Yeah. Um, problematic for Two Face, <laughs> but um, that's the thing. It's like, what is Two? Like, I, I mean, from my understanding, Two Face just is chaotic. Well, his is his intelligence. Like, if he and the coin allowed him to, he would be able to come up with a plan that would be ideally suited to take down uh, to to take down the Green Goblin. That is how he works. He's a he's a planner. He's a person who rivals in his machinations. He's not a uh, get up and go punch. He could go hand to hand, absolutely. But hand to hand, he would go. He would absolutely get destroyed by the Green Goblin, who is much stronger. But, just one pumpkin bomb. Come on. <laughs> but but uh, given time to prepare and the coin toss in the right direction, yeah, he could definitely come up with a scenario that would that would cause a, come up with that would 
keep uh, the Green Goblin on his toes. I disagree. Uh, I think again, I think Norman Osborn's smart enough that he'd go, be able to like weasel his way out of any trap. They're at least on equal intelligence this, footing. No, we're not solving it with a coin flip. I don't think because it's not like Green Goblin's going to start. It's not like Green Goblin's going to just insta death just from a coin flip. No, it's, it's whether or not Harvey Dent puts his all into it or not. Oh, yeah, okay, well, I don't think that I don't think that gets rid of his. Of, it does. What, no, well, I I disagree. Problem of Harvey De- of Two Face. Two Face. What does Harvey Dent have that would be able to beat Green Goblin? You're saying, oh, he can plan. You're not giving me anything other than he can plan his way out of it. But Green Goblin's chaotic enough. I don't think he could come up with a plan that would beat Two that that Two Face would be able to beat him with. Out of time frame we have right now, you would need to present a scenario and we would have to create a situation. I'm saying if given enough time, Harvey Dent could come up with something to go against the Green Goblin. If it was showing up and just saying, we're going to fight, absolutely not. Harvey Dent has nothing that would go against the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin would absolutely destroy him. But given enough time to plan and that the coin allowed him to, Harvey Dent could come up with something. That would keep the Green Goblin on his toes. Hand-to-hand? Absolutely not. But there's no denying that Two-Face is not a hand-to-hand person. He never has been. He's been a person of where he slowly will plan and have these machinations of what he's going to do. He's not a brawler character. So just sheer hand-to-hand, he would lose. Even with his, like, even with the handguns that he keeps with him in his weapon arsenal, he would still lose. The uh, just straight face to face, two face versus the Green Goblin, Green Goblin every time. But if given enough time, I think Harvey Dent could hold his own. Okay, so well, that, uh... that's my argument. Now, if we're going with just hand to hand, in a no. Absolutely well, let me switch not. this up a little bit here because we're getting kind of stuck in the whole hand to hand, not hand to hand. Well, sort of I thing. think I uh, think they need to be because a lot of these characters that I have are not hand-to-hand people. Like, right. that's, why, uh, that's why it makes Batman's villains so different, because a lot of them are more long, drawn-out plans, as opposed to Spider-Man's are a lot of, like, we're just going to swing in, break through a wall, Spider-Man sticks them to something, and then they all swing off on their merry way. Okay, well, let me uh, rephrase this then a little bit. Uh, if we're going to look at uh, Two-Face versus Green Goblin, who does a better job of capturing the aesthetic of insanity? Green Goblin. Green Goblin, hands down. <laughs> See, okay. Two-Face's problem is the duality. Two-Face is, is literally, he has left his two 50-50 chance. He, he's brought everything to that black and white. And uh, in one of the storylines, he was put into Arkham Asylum, and his therapist gave him 78-card tarot deck in order for him to be able to use to make a decision, hoping to get him away from the coin. And instead, it paralyzed him with having to set the deck up before he would be able to do anything, to the point he could almost not make a decision. He has to do it. And um, his is not so much insanity as it is wild, (laughs) obsessive, compulsive. Yeah. Like a wild OCD. And um, Green Goblin is like, I'm flying around, I'm going to get ice cream. And then blow that building up, because that goes well with Rocky Road. <laughs> and it, as well as, I think, honestly, I think as far as body means sanity, Green Goblin all day. 
I mean, for God's sake, she's like, mm, I'm going to wear leggings and throw pumpkin bombs. None of those things go together. But he's like, this is fucking perfect. And I'm going to go on a flying sled that looks like a bird with a bat face and it's actually pumpkin missiles. It's a bat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I couldn't tell if you were arguing for Two-Face just with that monologue alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, I... I Two Face is not is not the he said better better personification of of insanity. No, Green Goblin wins that one hands down. Okay, uh, I'm actually gonna give this one to Green Goblin then. Yes. We're gonna move on to our next bout. Uh, we're actually gonna skip over that one for the moment. So okay. we could do we could do others because uh, it gives me time to think if you're gonna. Okay, yeah, sure. Somebody Why else because I want to hear other arguments too, not just myself. <laughs> All right. In that case, uh, Victor, we're going to come to you. Tell us why the Riddler is better than Doc Ock. You've got 60 seconds on the clock oh. starting right now. Well, Riddler is one of those characters that is drawn out that while he doesn't have any superpowers or he does have a lot of hired help, I don't, and I don't know how he has the time or resources to build this. I don't know if they ever explored his his immense wealth. He always looks like a normal malnourished guy, but somehow he leaves he leaves the riddles all over all over Gotham for people to solve. He kidnaps people, uh, kidnaps people for Batman to to be held hostage, and he probably is one of the greatest minds in all of Gotham. Um. I just want to point out, Seth Gorkowski liked our post on uh, Catches awesome. of Onyx. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder if he listened to it. Uh, I don't know. You've got a... Since half of us didn't finish reading it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're jump over to uh, Ben for the moment. You've got 60 seconds on the clock. Tell us why Doc Ock would be better than the Riddler starting right now. I mean, I just think, like... From from his pure like powers standpoint, like Doc Ock's just gonna beat the shit out of Riddler again. Like he's smart enough to figure out Riddler's riddles, and he's just gonna like wipe the. Fl- he's gonna tear him literal. Like he's gonna take his four octopus arms and go and rip him limb from limb. Like I know that we're from a lot of scenarios. We're talking about the long game with Batman villains, but I think Doc Ock's smart enough to beat any riddle riddler riddles and just like destroy it so that's that's my stance okay we're gonna fit switch over to the uh, five minute open debate starting right now what do you got victor um riddle me this what short has eight limbs and thinks they live under the sea. An octopus. <laughs> so what? So, yes, Doc Ock is smart enough to answer any riddle, but seeing how Riddler has has in um, a condition to be to be acknowledged, which he will constantly give Doc Ock riddle for riddle going through various mazes and setting traps that I don't know if Doc Ock can, have, can be prepared for. 
Riddler is smart and taking one look at Doc, he can, he can tell that those, that those mechanical arms could be short circuited somehow and Riddler would set a trap or he already has a trap set. Who knows, who knows what kind of traps he has planned all over Gotham. I mean, there's also the point where, at a certain point, he has an adamantium harness. So, like, his 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 arms are virtually indestructible, and like you said, he's strong enough to defeat any Riddler riddle. So, like, I don't think that there's necessarily a a thing where Doc Ock would probably just get annoyed with Riddler at some point, smash all away all of his escape room nonsense, and just beat him to a pulp. Got a very big, and we're noticing a very big flaw with with this, these pairings. And that is, yeah. Spider-Man's villains tend to just go straight and kick the shit out of everybody. Yeah. The Batman's are like, "I have this plan. You must come to my room." And they're like, "What if I shoot you?" <laughs> How about instead, I beat the shit out of you until you what give about, me what I want. Hold on, I have this plan where I'm going to fill. 9,000 balloons with laughing gas. And they're like, what if I kick you in your balls? They're like, I guess I guess I haven't planned for that. You're supposed to wait for the balloons. You don't want to wait for the balloons. <laughs> like, um, from I a feel certain... like there's, a, there's a, a level of patience in Batman that just isn't there with Spider-Man. I mean, at a certain well, point, I, I feel like cool. Batman tends to play by his villain's rules a lot of times, whereas Spider-Man will, a lot of times, is just about finding his way around them and just Foiling their plans. Yeah. Punching first. The thing about Batman and Spider-Man's rogues gallery is that each individual rogues gallery is tailor-made for the hero. Mm -hmm. In the sense that, like, you look at a lot of Spider-Man's villains. They've all got a science-y bend to them because Peter Parker is a scientist, but he rarely actually uses his science-y kind of, like, uh, technical know-how to actually work out problems. It's a very rare thing yeah, to actually very do that. Correct. So, but I Batman mean, is the detective incarnate. Like that is his go-to always, and Fisher is last option. Yeah. While foiling, I mean, you look at Batman. I mean, he's got no problem punching a street thug, but more often than not, Batman is a problem solver. He is, in fact, the kind of guy who. You know, you're not necessarily going to draw out into a, a just a straight-out fight. You're going to have to, like, bait him because, you know, first and foremost, the bat could be anywhere. So, I mean, you don't actually know, like, you know, if Batman's just going to show up to some, you know, doofus waving a gun around. Like, if Two-Face just goes out into, like, the open Gotham market, you know, that's a good way to get yourself fucking, like, you know, just a batarang in the face. You've got to plan it out. You've got to draw out the bat. Whereas a lot of times, like, Spider-Man's villains know Spidey's going to show up at any time because they know that for some reason that whenever they grab that red-headed chick, he shows up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't just have to be, it doesn't just have to be a red-headed chick. Like, the thing, the thing no, 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 the thing well, the old lady. Spidey is that, is that because he's so... Spidey's efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys were you guys were talking about that in the last episode that that uh, Spider-Man will stop the Green Goblin, but also stop the Mugger, and that's why that's why Spidey doesn't play along with this. He wants just wants to be in and out quick, catch them as quickly as possible, so he can go stop the Mugger. Yeah, he wants to fuck shit up before the cops show up beyond the next yeah. crime. 
versus oh, okay. Batman, where Batman can look at a mugger and just be like, oh, I'll let the cops handle this one. Joker's over there. Yeah. Yeah. But it let does, me rephrase it this a little bit then, because I think, again, we're getting kind of hung up on the direct, like, punch-ups sort of thing. And that's not necessarily <laughs> always what I mean. Ben has. <laughs> He's going to kick the shit out of him. Come on. He's just a guy in a question with a question mark cane. What does he have that's going to beat so, Doc Ock? <laughs> in that case, we're going to go Riddler versus Doc Ock. Who has the better tech arsenal? Doc Ock. Yeah. But I mean, if you look, if you, if you look at the way Riddler constructs his traps, you can tell that they're poorly made, but they work just well enough. Like they're they're hanging by threads. Doc Ock is is a, a brilliant scientist. I mean, he 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 runs an Iron Man. So he's he's smart enough to like. W- like tinker with Iron Man suits, like he's got the better arsenal from that standpoint. Okay, well I'm gonna go ahead and give this one to Doc Ock, and we're gonna move right along down to the line. Uh, Joel, sixty seconds on the clock. I want you to tell me why Catwoman is superior to Black Cat, starting right now. <laughs> It's the same picture. <laughs> Wait, um, no, um, okay. I think it comes down to they're both incredibly skilled. They're both very, um, they're both very capable, and they're both very athletic, and they both have a similar skill set. But where Selena Kyle goes is Selena Kyle has made it her mission to focus only on very, very specific targets. I mean, yeah, she's a high-end jewel jewel thief, but she's also, she's also been known to, uh, insinuate herself into, like, higher ends of society, so she gives her a fair amount of, as Selena Kyle, political appeal, as opposed to, uh, just, I can't even remember what Black Cat's name is, but she doesn't, she's more... Felicia Hardy? Felicia Hardy, yeah, she's more of, like, an every person. Well, Selena Kyle can be seen in, like, the highest forms of society there, so she can do political power, too. But Selena Kyle is known to, she has a moral compass. I know absolutely nothing of Black Cat other than All she All right, well, then appears. go over, over to Victor. Tell okay. us a little bit about why Black Cat would beat Catwoman, starting 60 seconds right now. Well, yes, both are exceptionally skilled gymnasts. I believe that Black Cat has the edge due to the fact that she has a portion of Super Soldier Serum inside of her, giving her near superhuman strength. Not, I wouldn't put it as like Captain Carter or Captain America or even Winter Soldier. I wouldn't put her in that class, but she, while she may not be politic. Uh, politically, uh, have a political appearance or be show- appearing in, in, in like these private parties. She's more of a shadow and I think Black Cat would have an easier time getting the upper hand on Selena Kyle due to the fact that nobody really knows who, who Black Cat is. He's in and out, he's efficient and, you know, She's been. She's the only one that's able to counter Spider-Man's Spidey sense. All right, excellent. Uh, we're going into five-minute open debate. 
uh, Joel and Victor, tell me why your particular, uh, I guess, super anti-heroine uh, is better. Or tell me, if you will, which one is actually going to lock down that guy. Mm. Oh, um, mm. well, mm-hmm. I mean, which uh, the both of these ladies do occasionally use, you know, their. Uh, well, feminine wilds kind of like yeah <laughs> okay um i would like to point out that um there is an actual episode and an issue where selena kyle and bruce wayne do in fact get married um and then at the same time there's also one where she let him go saying that she can't that uh he has to be single forever um i believe so the the thing is are they she is uh, Felicia Hardy going to be able to get Spider-Man or is Black Hat going to be able to get Bruce Wayne? Is that the, is that the question or are we just, are they going to go straight? Cause I'll answer both. Screw it. I mean, cause we could go I with a standard cat fight. Well, that's yeah. a standard cat fight. Um, because I am going to actually say Selena Kyle would be able to hold her own, but because I just, and just learning this about, Black Cat, that she has a super soul to share them. I believe someone's scratches are going to be a little bit deeper. Um, and it might go to Black Cat. Uh, Selena Kyle, though, I think it, it comes down to being able to get Batman. She has, and she has on numerous occasions, including becoming, I believe, impregnated with the Huntress, uh, who is now Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle's daughter. Uh, I think that's a solid win that she not only got the guy, but created a offspring who is now on fighting crime and causing crime at the same time. Uh, I'm going to put that down as a solid win. not uh, part of Earth 2 canon, though? Hey, we are not going to specific canon here. <laughs> We're going to the bearers of these names, damn it. Because My apologies. Because we could go for days on this. Because then I'll just think, who cares? Because Green Lantern, Batman... Clean Earth of Crime in 14 minutes. So, no, we're not gonna, you know. Okay, my apologies. <laughs> no, we're sticking to just general oversight here. Um, if you are the moderator, so you get to decide. But um, I, I feel hand to hand, she can't hold her own. As far as like the art of seduction, I mean, it started with Earth the Kid back in the 60s. She was giving. <laughs> She was getting rod straight in the 60s, so, I mean, I don't know what Black Cat was doing, but... Well, I mean, keep in mind that even in the 60s, she wasn't the first Catwoman. There was no, she wasn't. Catwoman to her. Yeah. But she, she wasn't, but uh, she was definitely uh, the start of Catwoman being a sex symbol. Because I saw the pictures of the first one, and I don't know who's going to look at it and go, that's, that's what's up. Because <laughs> that was just weird artwork. <laughs> I mean, it's just Earth the Kid at that point. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> well, All right, I'm, I'm yielding my time to Victor now. Well, Black Cat certainly, while she can, while she can probably seduce, it's not really, it's not really her style because she was born and raised into, into like a, a thief family. Her father was a real famous burglar as well. But there, though she has been romantically intimate with Spider-Man, it's never really lasted due to the fact that she's always a thief. So if we're talking who who's going to tie down who, 
uh, Catwoman has that one in the bag. <laughs> she, it is official that she did marry Batman and they did divorce while Selina Kyle has only dated Spider-Man. The only argument I really have for that is that she is the only one, to my knowledge, that can that can distract Spider-Man long enough so that his Spider-Sense doesn't go off. And the way that she did it was by proposing to him. She got down on on one knee, asked Spidey to marry him, and then she scratched his leg, and Spidey was left on the floor. He was like, ow, my leg, my <laughs> my feelings. It's like, <laughs> look at these. <laughs> Done! <laughs> Who'd have thought boobies rocked right through my spider sense? <laughs> I'm giving this one to Black Cat. Cat's uh, out of the, the bag. Because of her ability to distract Spider-Man? Well, that and just the fact that, like, yeah, we did, you know, kind of concede that, like, Black Cat would be superior to Catwoman in terms of, like, a, a straight-up, you know, cat fight. Yeah. See, this is where I think we're noticing the pattern in the Marvel versus the DC is, like, they're much more nuanced. DC is much more nuanced characters. Like, there's a lot more to why they do what they do. And Marvel is kind of like, come out there, punch you in the face, be like, ha-ha, I win, and then run off. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've always had a big issue with Marvel villains in the sense that, like, when you look at DC villains, they're all very, like, noticeable. They're all very, like, you know, like, I mean, you look at Sinestro, you know what I'm saying? And, like, everybody knows Sinestro. It's like, fucking fucking Sinestro, of course. Like, you know, they're all very big name. Well, maybe not all big name, but, like, they're all very, like, easily recognizable. They're all very unique in the way that they kind of, like, map onto their individual heroes sort of thing but they also have like very unique aesthetics that come with them sort of thing what is the, I, no. i'm Go sorry ahead. what i was gonna say was uh when it comes to like marvel villains and whatnot it seems like they have a much limited pool of like villains that they're actually pulling from sort of thing and beyond that they also have a problem when it comes to actual like putting their villains out there and having them be recognized in a mainstream sort of sense. I mean, if I want to talk about, like, uh, Mr. McSpicklick, you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, awesome. little fifth, fifth dimensional imp, fucks with Superman Which all the time. Which also, I want to point out, in Mr. McSpicklick, or however the hell you no say it. no idea who that is. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you'll have more of an <laughs> idea as to, like, who Mr. McSpicklick is versus, say, the Wrecking Crew. Yeah. But, but like... If we want to, it's funny you bring up Mr. McPedelec or whatever the fuck his name, however you say it, but uh, it's like, he he comes in and he's got like unlimited power, and there's one where he actually gives Joker godlike powers, and Joker kills everyone except <laughs> Batman that he uses as a puppet, because the one thing about the Joker is he'll kill anybody but Batman. He'll stab Harley Quinn in her face, except... Because he needs Batman, because Batman makes him, like, like gets him going. For some reason, Batman being like, I'm going to catch you, Joker, is, like, the only thing that keeps his juices flowing. Like, yeah, it was just funny you brought that up, because Mr. Yeah. McSpittalik, like, throws in unique wrenches and all this stuff. Like, what oh, about God. the time he made Spider-Man a baby? Uh, Basically, you know, anyone from the Fifth Dimension is absolute chaos. Whether yeah. we're talking Mr. McSpittalik so or Batmite. <laughs> Batmite, who just uh, that guy fucking awesome. Batmite. All right, anyway, I love, uh, all right, yeah. 
We're, we're so jumping over. So for you, Ben, to just understand, the fifth dimension in DC Comics is where this race of, like, everybody's got near-godlike powers. And so they come into the third dimension every so often just to fuck with stuff. Marvel's got a version of it. So they're basically uh, like Q. Impossible, man. Uh, kind of, if Q had a sense of humor. So, <laughs> I argue like, that Q does have a sense of humor. Not like these guys. These guys are like... Like the time where the Impossible Man for Marvel, and they uh, do they jump comics too, or do they not? I mean, technically speaking, both DC and Marvel have their own indiv- like could be the multiverse for uh, DC. I believe uh, which world is it? That's Marvel's world. It's I want to say five one something. I don't remember exactly which one yes. it is. Oh. Like there's one of the DC worlds which literally is the Marvel multiverse. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like with Marvel, uh, the main Marvel universe is, uh, in the comics is, of course, six one six. So yeah, they sorry. have different universes, and one of them is where the DC universe is. Or rather, I believe for them, it's not so much the DC universe as much as it is the Squatch and Supreme part of the universe, which is basically Marvel's take on, hey, we want to use like DC characters without actually kind of using DC characters. So they kind of oh. like you know did a roundabout way of doing it. This is off topic, but did I get, did I show you guys my new Romulan Warbird tattoo? We're gonna jump to that in a minute. First, I want to get uh, because you know uh, I do believe Joel has because a... it's, it's a Romulan Warbird because it's cloaked. You're an idiot. <laughs> Joel, uh, since you got to get going really quick here, uh, because oh, shit, five I o'clock, do. yeah, five o'clock is rolling around. What I want you to do <laughs> is uh, you have, I believe, seven. Uh, of your villains left, I want you to pick we'll say the top two, and I'm going to go with that. Um, hold on. i got to see which ones I... You've got Mr. Freeze. You've got no, no, Bane. I don't... Um... You've got Clayface. No, You've not got Clayface. Man Bat. Clayface. I'm looking at that. Um... I want Bane. Right. I want to do Bane, and then if I have enough time after that, I want to do Harley Quinn. Okay, jumping over to Bane, uh, we've got uh, Joel representing Bane. Tell us why Bane is going to kick the shit out of Venom. We've got 60 seconds on the clock right now. Um, I'm going to go with the, the thing that Bane is brilliant. He's considered a, first off, physically just unpowered, like without the use of Venom. Is considered physically stronger than Batman. He is that. He is big. He is trained. He is a fighter. Um, but then on top of that, he's considered a brilliant, brilliant strategist and biochemist. So much like the Joker would identify the sound as carnage, Bane would do the same thing. Except while Venom is like writhing around in an agony, Bane would then use his Venom serum and juice himself up to ungodly levels, and then beat the shit out of Venom. While Venom's the symbiote is like squalling around, he would pound Eddie Brock into dirt, and then probably look at Venom and be like, "We're made for each other." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I feel like all of my guys would just realize the symbiotes are just an easier path to whatever they're trying to do. He's like, "I'm addicted to this shit. You are that shit. Let's just dance." But well, uh, I mean, in a Venom rare... is Venom, so I mean, yeah. Right. A, a rare turn from Batman's slower. Machinate, slower planning, scheming villains. Uh, Bane would hit that button and then punch the fuck out of whatever he's standing in front of. So I think once he figures out what makes Venom squirm, 
but, he's gonna beat the shit out of him. But how would he? F- I mean, I don't. I don't know how he would figure out so easily what makes Venom squirm. Like, well, to that point, I want you to give us sixty seconds on the clock and tell us why Venom is better than Bane. Venom is right now again. I'm, I keep going back to this, but, like, just from, like, a pure physical standpoint, and this is the first one that it's like, okay, maybe they could go toe-to-toe, but for a certain point, Bane's just a superhuman guy. Venom is, like... He's got a shitload of super strength and healing abilities. Yeah, so he's got... He has... Uh, he's greatly increased in size he can shift like he's basically a shapeshifter he has like built-in camouflage and shit he's almost he can be almost like invisible um and he he also uh uh let's see he can fly (laughs) for another thing yeah. That's from New Continuity, right? Yeah, that's fair. It is from New Thing. He got it. it he got in contact with Noel, and now he can make j- dragon wings. Um, Cheating. <laughs> well, mine, mine is a deal with Mister Mixelpitalik, and he shoot rockets out of his dick. There you go. Yeah. So, Bane with dick rockets versus flying venom, heat-seeking dick rockets. Boom. I mean, I just think from a strength standpoint. I mean, I don't know if we have like a thing that can like. If we're just talking, like, again, toe-to-toe, like, yeah, this is a little bit easier of a matchup, but I still think Bane, uh, Venom would come out on top. Like, probably, with advanced planning, Bane might win, but I also think that, uh, in in this case, again, like, it just Venom's power set would be able to keep Bane on the bat, back foot before he would be able to figure out any of his weaknesses. This isn't argument because with the use of Venom, uh, Bane has a strength set that goes to a specific level, and I believe it's it's like three to four tons before he starts losing his mind. Yes. That's about how strong. But he does have the ability to juice himself far, far past that, but then he becomes just like this mindless, aggressive thing. In which case, I think so, Venom would beat him. Well, I, I'm just saying... Venom would beat on- the Venom. Yeah, I'm just saying, depending on where they go um, and how far he wants to do. Again, I'm going to have to give the caveat. Just toe-to-toe walking up, Venom and and Bane, toe-to-toe, no prep. It would be an interesting fight. I believe they would go rounds and rounds with each other. Um, I mean, if, like... Ultimately, if he doesn't figure out Bane's, uh, Venom's weakness, um, ultimately, I will have to say... I also think... I also think Venom's... Venom's maneuverability would give would give him an edge over Bane as well because like Bane's similar, mostly Bane has similar maneuverability. He's, can he, he's superhuman reflexes and all the other stuff. Right, there, but so. can he like basically like wall crawl and like run around and basically oh, disappear in the shadow? And, yeah, like okay. I mean, let me, Ven- let me, uh, let me Venom doesn't just second. have super strength. He can like basically wall crawl and everything else. Yeah, let me let me jump in here for a quick second here. Uh, because, Joel, to your point, uh, Bane has actually invented a super serum that doesn't uh, slow down his mental capacity at all. So, I mean, to your point, but to a you certain, know... He, to a certain use, after a certain safe use, it doesn't slow down his mental capacity, but it does cause, like, a rage. Yeah. Now, what I will say is, and this is against your point, I want you to answer this, 
Uh, you've brought up uh, multiple times that, you know, if Bane could figure out the weakness. But while you could make that argument with Joker, because Joker does have things like, you know, things that produce uh, outrageous sound and whatnot, or fire and whatnot, Bane does not actually have the same access to those sorts of tools. So would would Bane even be able to capitalize? Bane would have to be able to capitalize by location, you know, much like Spider-Man using the bell. You know, Bane doesn't have a, uh, he doesn't use a weapon set. He's a barehanded brawler 90% of the time. Um, he relies on his physical prowess, which is quite a bit. Um, and But the one, and I'm going to unfortunately concede my point on this one, Bane's biggest weakness is his dependence on the Venom, which is a hose sticking out of the back of his head. And which we have seen Venom's just like, times. huh, what's this We're thing do? Multiple <laughs> times in multiple incarnations, comics, movies, whatever, Somebody just cut the pipe, and next thing you know, Bane's like, he's not, no, it's not like in that horrible Batman Return, Batman Forever, where Bane just turned into this frail old man. That's not even remotely close. He would still be a monstrous hulk of a being, but yeah, he, his weakness is pretty apparent, and Venom would probably put two and two together. Eddie Brock is not smart, but the symbiote is, so... The symbiote would be able to put two and two together. Like I've said, yeah. So uh, yeah. we're gonna give this one to Venom. Uh, I do think Joel, it would be a more balanced fight. Yes, I agree. I agree with you, but I I think Venom would come out on top yeah. on this one. Yeah, unless unless they're fighting in like a bell tower and he's got an iron bar to <laughs> ring the bell. Yeah. Like eventually, eventually Venom's gonna break. You know, or unless the author is, like, feeling merciful towards Bane. <laughs> yeah. you know, we've always got the hand of God. Uh, okay, I can so do one more. Uh, one more, Harley right. Quinn, But I think everybody knows enough about Harley Quinn. She doesn't really need a point. Let's just get the scenario and we can argue, because, again, I got six minutes. Yeah, we can Ben, just do 60 seconds on the clock. Tell me why Shriek would beat Harley Quinn. I think just by... Uh... Uh, just virtue of Shriek's uh, abilities, uh, I think she has the edge over. Now she's not; it's not the same, like you know, uh, level of physical prowess. But she does have the ability to manipulate sound, and she is able to see the darkest side of someone's like emotions. Uh, so, like, she would be able to probably figure out Harley Quinn's weaknesses fairly quickly. Also, she has uh, access to levitation where she can fly and she can do all kinds of destructive sound base abilities. Okay, that's good enough. Five minute discussion. Joel, uh, do you want to start us off as to why Harley Quinn is uh, just better? I would say that um, this is going to actually flip it a little bit. Um, If Harley Quinn sees her and gets the idea in her head, she is going to start out the conversation with her hammer. So while Shriek's breathing in is when Harley's swinging. So um, she has, she's not a planner. Like Harley Quinn is not a planner. She is the exact opposite of a Batman villain. There are no machinations. It's just chaos. So, and she seems incredibly resilient as well as, uh, rather okay with the shit she's done in the past. You say Shree's got the ability to look at somebody and see their darkness inside of it. I don't think Harley thinks she has any darkness. 
Like, she just does to do, and she doesn't feel guilt ever. But she, she can use her powers to manipulate people's emotions. So, yeah, like, yes, Harley like, Harley Quinn's, like, an Harley. intelligent, like, psychiatrist person. But, but she doesn't give a shit, emotionally speaking. Like, Harley has, Harley Quinn is, like, 100% good with whatever she does. Like, she doesn't care, because that's how far she's been twisted by the Joker. But that don't you think that she, her abilities would would be able, her emotional state would be able to be twisted in some way to, like, make her act rashly or in some other way? That's all she does is act rashly. Like, yes, Harley or Quinn is make mistakes. Yeah. Harley Quinn is why the real world invented Ritalin. Like, she hmm. is a complete and utter chaos. She's like impulse incarnate. Like, and I don't think she cares. So, Scream, Shriek's actual only attack would be her ability to, like, get off her, like, she would have to Canary scream cry. at her. Yeah. <laughs> she would have to do that. And we've seen with the Black Canary, we've seen Harley Quinn punch her in the face a number of times. Like, yeah. It's it's but, she would have to get, But the black canary she just she just shouts at you and and incapacitates you. The black canary is considered well, one of the best physical hand-to-hand fighters in Well, Shriek Justice. Shriek is able to actually induce emotions with her sound ability. So she can make someone feel fear, hate, despair, whatever. So like even if like maybe Harley Quinn doesn't give a shit, I don't know, but like she is able to induce uh, the nature of her insanity, I would argue, she it would not affect her. She Just also like has symbiote powers. Well, some... yeah, that's a totally different thing. Why are we doing these OP matchups? Be like, oh yeah, by the way, she's an invulnerable symbiote. You should have led with that and just been like, yeah, she's an invulnerable symbiote. What is this one? A crazy chick with a hammer. Like, you're leaving out point, like core pieces of this shit. You said she screamed. You didn't tell me she's Venom Spawn. That's totally yeah, different. She's, she's buddies with Carnage. Why are we even matching these people up? It's just like, why are we... You're giving me these matchups that are like, here's the people we're going to talk about. I talk about them, and then you have them being like, he's got a stick. The other guy's driving a tank. Well, who's going to win? I don't fucking know. Okay, well, know. I'm going to make gonna a very... I'm going to hit you with a baseball bat, and you're going to run me over with your Abrams tank. Oh, I'm going to make a very controversial <laughs> ruling on this one, because while I say that, like, Kingpin and uh, Penguin can both use their criminal empires, I don't think it's a fair to bring Shriek's, like, you know, past, like, buddy-buddy relationship with Carnage into the mix on this mm-hmm. one. Like, if we're not going to bring in, like, you know... It's a different thing. Okay. That's the thing is, he's a symbiote. Like... These are, this is a wildly unbalanced power set. Harley Quinn is like, yeah, she's immune to, like, psychic attacks because she's nuts. Like, she's immune to, like, she, she's unpredictable and chaotic. Yeah, she's going to hit first and ask questions later. But the other one's a fucking symbiote. Like, that's like, who's going to win, the Green Lantern or Superman? Fucking Superman! Like, he's just good. He's, it's not even a question. It's like, who can re- win in a foot race? Usain Bolt with a flash? I don't fucking know. They're totally different levels of skill. Well, uh, Joel, like, if, if Joker can beat Carnage, then why can't... Joker Harley didn't beat Carnage. Free? They just looked and said, you and I were made for each other. And they joined forces. Okay, let me interject here because <laughs> the same thing could be said with Shriek, Symbiote, and Harley Quinn. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Her power is a sonic scream and the symbiotes fall apart 
and loud noises. That's a universal weakness. <laughs> so she's going to be using the symbiote who every time she screams is like, fuck, I hate that. And they're gonna, she's just going to hang out. I think I believe there's like a plot hole here somewhere. So in my scenario, she's going to scream. The symbiote's going to be like, fuck you, I'm out. And then just go hang out with Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of screaming. I was reading about that. I was trying to figure out how the uh, the it, how she was able to use symbiote powers, but also use her sonic abilities. Yeah, that's literally like I mean, again, you know, whatever the writer says is whatever the writer says. But yeah, I'm giving I'm this one to Harley Quinn. Yeah, because in my scenario, the the symbiote's like, stop shouting, bitch, and just jump ship. <laughs> now, even though I'm giving this one to Harley Quinn, I will point out that if Ben had been very clever, he would have brought up the time that Batman had manipulated Harley Quinn's emotions. Keep in mind, Harley Quinn only uh, appeared in the DC Universe because of the Batman animated series. And there's that one uh, episode of uh, Batman the Animated Series, Mad Love, in which Harley Quinn yeah. actually captures the bat and is going to kill him. And the only way that Batman is able to get out of the situation is by manipulating Harley Quinn's emotions with the Joker to get that the was... Joker to come over. and Because yeah, really, like, all Shriek would have to be is, like, figure out how, how much in love that Shriek is with, uh, that Harley Quinn is with Joker and be like, he's never going to love you. And then Harley Quinn's like, I mean, that yeah, also depends on, like, what continuity, think... though, because That's fair. Moment, Harley Quinn does not give a shit about Joker. That's what I'm saying. The motherfucker. The current one right now, Harley doesn't give two shits about the yeah, Joker. Birds of anyway. Prey, yeah. 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 Because no, I mean, OG Harley was filled with emotions. Yeah. But current Harley is just living her best well, life and doesn't give a fuck. No, no, she still has emotions, but those emotions are now for her poison ivy. So, uh, yeah. which, oh, yeah. by the way, is currently like a man thing? Poison what? Ivy? I'm, yeah, because poison, poison ivy, ivy died and then came back. A super hot redhead. That's how it goes. That is law. But that is all right. Um, I do have to get off here though, so um, just uh, brief recap. We're gonna be. I mean, I'm getting off. This is gonna keep going, obviously. Um, this episode will be uploaded by seven o'clock on Friday. Uh, you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts. It will also be on the Peg Warmers podcast. So look, look for that. Uh, all right. Enjoy the rest of your conversation, and uh, I will be watching to find out. Who kicks whose ass? <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Okay. Uh, now that hey. the children are gone. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. How about this? Uh, because that takes care of Clayface and Sandman. That would not be a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of a boring matchup anyway. I mean... I guess it would depend on which Clayface we're talking about. I don't but, know enough. Yeah, to... ultimately speaking, <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think that that probably takes care of Vulture and Manbat. Oh, darn. That one was kind of like a, <laughs> a side thing anyways. Um, and... So I've still got Mysterio, Craven, Lizard, Scorpia, and Rhino. Okay, you can take Rhino out of the equation. And Joel won't be here for Mr. Freeze. He is going up against Electro, so you can take Electro off the list. Okay. Uh, Vic, 
dealer's choice. Do you want to go with Scarecrow, Poison Ivy, or Ra's al Ghul? Go with Scarecrow. All right. 60 seconds on the clock. I want you to tell me why Scarecrow beats Mysterio. Uh, give you a... Okay. Yo. Oh, I want to remind everyone uh, watching right now that uh, if you are enjoying this, uh, feel free to follow us on various social media as well as also hello. Uh, it's my brother. Oh, hey, how's it going? Say hi to the internet. <laughs> uh, yes, if you're enjoying what you're watching here today, uh, feel free to follow us on various social media. We have a Twitter, we have Facebook. We have all the, that good stuff, uh, but also don't forget to tune in to us every Wednesday and Monday for new episodes of both our D&D adventures as well as our various nerd rants uh, on various media, comic books, movies, just anything we feel the need to talk about. We might also have some more content coming for you in the future, so be looking for that coming down the pipeline. Uh, Victor, back to you. Tell us why Scarecrow would beat Mysterio. 60 seconds on the clock, starting... Right now. Just for the simple fact that Scarecrow's fear toxin is pretty potent. And Mysterio does have to breathe somehow. I don't know if he has a ventilator, but that fear toxin, once it's it, once once Mysterio is exposed to it, Mysterio's gonna slowly fall apart and descend into this rabbit hole of madness and gonna see everything he fears as failures. Maybe a giant Spider-Man about to squish him like a bug. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as far as that, like he might see the he might see Scarecrow as like the Grim Reaper. If if uh, if, uh bringing in from the Injustice games, how the how Scarecrow's character design looked in that game, it's a pretty menacing Scarecrow. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh. Go ahead and Ben, tell us why Mysterio beats uh, the on the clock. So, I'm just going to point out that uh, in terms of Mysterio's suit, he has his own air supply. He's It's not like a ventilated thing. He's basically like, he has his own vet, uh, air supply because he also has toxins and gases that he used. He also, he has, uh, he has he has gases that cause hypnotists, hallucinogenic compounds. He has something that can, like, cause paralysis and even stuff that, uh, uh, usually how Mysterio creates his illusions is creating that gas, which has a combination of hypnotic implements as well as hallucinogenic. Well, so while he was, isn't all about creating fear, he is able to create insane illusions that I feel like uh, half the time the re- the reason that Scarecrow gets fucked up is when is when he gets exposed to his own fear toxin and gets high on his own supply so to speak so like just from the fact that Mysterio while not physically impressive his suit itself is cut off from any sort of out- exterior air supply just from that standpoint so, 
I mean, I think these are two very similar characters. They're all about sort of illusion, whereas Scarecrow is mostly based around fear. Uh, Mysterio is based around uh, illusionist stuff and creating sort of special effects that confuse and de- debilitate people. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't uh, Scarecrow have more than just the fear gas? Doesn't he also have, like, darts and you know, various other things in which he can actually implement the fear talk. Yes, there yes, there is that there is the glove the 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 glove with the five the four needles that he does use to inject people. And I could do I definitely do see Scarecrow trying to find a way to pierce to pierce Mysterio's suit with either trying to create some sort of if the gas didn't work, he would try to find a way to get behind Mysterio to to inject him himself with the needles, whether it could be by hand or by the darts, or even even the fear bombs that he has. So from an, from another perspective, Mysterio, while he is not doesn't necessarily have uh, superhuman physical abilities, he is able to engage with Spider-Man in hand-to-hand combat which I don't know that Scarecrow usually engages in. Usually he's all about just fearing somebody up and then kind of like, you know. Letting them rot. Yeah. Yeah. Scarecrow isn't really known to be a physical combatant. He's more of a psychological he's, one. He's an ambush. So really, like yeah, He's like yeah. an ambush sort of guy, which I think in the case of Mysterio, I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, like Mysterio, like I don't I don't know that Scarecrow is necessarily intelligent enough to go straight to using his other arsenal. And uh well, Mysterio's suit allows him a lot more maneuverability and abilities than uh Scarecrow's. I would argue that while yes, Scarecrow isn't isn't a physical combatant, he is intelligent enough to create the serum himself. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that he would be smart enough to to guess that if the if mysterious suit doesn't allow any any outside air to to come in, he would target mysterious air supply or look for the air supply or try to inject them himself. He could possibly figure out that when he tries to inject when he tries to inject mysterious with the fear toxin using the using a glove. Maybe he might come across the the air supply tank that could be on Mysterio's suit, whether on his back under the cape or wherever Mysterio keeps it, and Scarecrow would try to target that so that his fear toxin can mm-hmm. can do all the dirty work. But would he be able to do that before Mysterio was able to uh, mess with his mind himself? I think Mysterio does fight. rely. Oh, sorry. Go I was going to oh. say, like, I think this fight mainly comes down to who would be better prepared in a faster way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think we can both agree that, uh, you know, they're basically the same in terms of many different aspects. While, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mysterio does have a hand-to-hand sort of prowess to him, neither one of them are all about no. hand-to-hand. You know, exactly. They're both about the exact same thing. So I think it comes down to who would be ready faster i think by virtue of mysterio's kit 
He's not just all about the fear. Uh, he even has aspects of his suit that have some self-defense sort of capabilities to it. Um, even his, like, cape has some, like, basically, like, taser-like abilities where if you touch it, you get electrocuted. Um, I think that in terms of his kit, Mysterio's overall abilities would be able to, I mean, not necessarily just, just from the initial get-go, would be able to neutralize Scarecrow initially, whereas, uh... Um, he has a whole host of like, uh, also you know smoke-based abilities that he could deploy that would give the scarecrow some problems. Well, it the way that I'm seeing it, it ultimately comes down to who's who's um who's quicker on the draw. Essentially, we're we're in kind of no, a, well, a standoff scenario. Yeah, it, it it is a standoff, but it would just be like who's. Who's fear toxin? I'm using fear toxin for both because mm-hmm. they're both hallucinogenics. Um, whose toxin would would uh, would affect the other person first? Because if, if um, I don't know if you guys consider the Arkham games to be canon as well, but in that version of Scarecrow, his mask does have a ventilator of mm. of like a painter's mask or a rebreather. So his air is being constantly filtered as well, as well as Mysterio's. It, the way I see it, it ultimately comes down to, to who can, who, who can, who can inject the other one with their toxins so that mm-hmm. they, they descend into madness. Mm-hmm. And I think from that standpoint, due to his, he can even like, he's got boots with like magnetic coil springs that allow him to like leap crazy distances and like land stick to walls and stuff from Mysterio and be able to basically outmaneuver Scarecrow from that standpoint. Like, I feel like Mysterio's maneuverability and like the fact that his smoke screens aren't just about creating that fear. He can, he uses those to like, you know, essentially like disappear and move around through that space to create, he can even like create illusions of himself as decoys. So like he could just like blast out a bunch of smoke, make thirty Mysterios, and be like, "Try to find me now, Scarecrow." Yeah, Mysterio does have does have a lot of outside outside help in his arsenal yeah. uh, via the the projections. Yeah, those like projection cubes that that, yeah. that he throws. Yeah, and those would definitely give Scarecrow. It would take Scarecrow a little bit longer to find that the real Mysterio, because he would be going from illusion to illusion. Yeah. But it, it still, it, I still see it as a standstill as the, whoever injects, the, whoever injects who the, first. The way I view it is like Scarecrow is essentially kind of like an ambush guy. So like he starts off a fight, he gets you with his fear toxin right at the beginning. Let's go. What happens when he doesn't get that off right at the beginning? Is he, He's just a man in a scarecrow suit at that point. If he's not able to like get that fear toxin in you right at the beginning of the fight. I think that this match is probably going to have to be called as a draw. Because even though I can certainly see how Mysterio would be superior in terms of both his uh, fighting prowess as well as his uh, technical uh, you know, ability sort of thing... I ultimately don't know if 
Mysterio would be ready with all of that technical aspect. Because as you said That's before, yeah. Scarecrow is a very ambush kind of guy. He's a yeah. very, like, you know, catch you by surprise sort of thing. So, again, I, I, I'm having a hard time with this. I think it really would be, like, a standstill. I mean, I feel like Mysterio, I feel like Mysterio is a guy that, like, all of a sudden, like, Scarecrow's like, smoke bomb! And, like, it's like, smoke bomb, smoke cloud! <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I, I, so, yeah. like... No, and as far as I know from Scarecrow's arsenal, it never really deviates from from the the needle glove to to the the fear darts and the fear darts, fear bombs, and a tank of fear gas. That's that's usually what Scarecrow carries on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a difficult matchup to be sure. I think maybe uh, I I can see the draw for this one. I think they're pretty yeah. pretty even. They're, they're pretty evenly matched. I think uh, I think it's all about who gets the drop drop on him first, you know, like yeah, yeah. But if it was, if they were to go two rounds, if we were to do do a hand to hand one, I I would see Mysterio winning because he does he he does use because of the 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 magnets in his boots. He can replicate he can replicate Spider Man's abilities, mm-hmm. and Scarecrow is just a guy with with just. Uh, doctor equipment. Scary clouds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think that uh, uh, Crane is probably smart enough to notice, because like, a lot of Quentin Beck's arsenal is very material in nature. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, yeah. He doesn't necessarily have... Yeah, he's a special abilities. effects guy. Yeah. Right, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder if Crane would actually be able to see through a lot of the like illusions and whatnot, just given... Like mm. Crane's level of like intelligence and whatnot, but I mm. can't say for certain because you know, yeah, there's no way to tell. Now, if we're going with the other, Mysterio, I mean, there's also like a mutant. Fra- yeah, I was gonna say there's also Mysterion and Francis Clume who have mutant abilities as well. So yeah, that would throw a wrench in the whole fucking thing in that point. So I don't know. I'm gonna I even consider him. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna have to go with this one as just a, a draw, but like. I, I'm going to lean heavily towards Mysterio, yeah. you know, even though, yeah, this one's more of a draw, it's still pretty clear that, like, if we really, like, ran the clock yeah. on this one. Probably, yeah, if the conditions were If right, we're talking, like, especially right. if we're talking about, like, mutant Mysterio who can teleport, like... Oh, yeah, that's that's not even a... <laughs> <laughs> but then it's no, game no, no, no. GG, Scarecrow, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go, let's go to a slightly even, more even matchup, in my opinion. Uh, and this one will be the last one. Uh, we'll yeah. end on this one. Um, ben, I haven't started with you very much. So I want you to give us the opening. Uh, 60 seconds on the clock. Tell us why Craven the Hunter would beat Raish Al Ghul. Starting right now. So I think by virtue of Craven's abilities... Uh, he has a lot of superhuman abilities in terms of sensing, in terms of uh, like tracking, in terms of strength. Uh, you know, he can go toe to toe with Spidey. He gets his ass kicked by Spidey a lot, but also like a lot of times he goes toe to toe with Spider-Man. Like so, just based off physical prowess alone. I mean, there's that, and I know I fall back to that a lot because I'm doing a bunch of Spider-Man villains, and like, but like a lot of times, like. Uh, like, yes, I know that Rachel Ghoul has certain things that could kick the shit out of Craven, 
but that's with a lot of planning now in terms but in terms of crate cravens like straight up like if we're talking drop these guys in an arena i think craven's got the got the upper hand he also knows how to like exploit a lot of weaknesses in people um knowledge of like pressure points that can sort of like debilitate or incapacitate more powerful opponents than him he has access to a lot of different like poisons and tranquilizers and stuff and also he has a bit of like some uh immortality going on where he can't die unless it, he defeats spider-man uh oh, okay uh that's good <laughs> uh and by the way i correct me if i'm wrong like because i know he has died a lot in the past so i yeah. mean i think it's more like resurrection than so immortality uh, he has unlife, uh, where yeah. basically it's he can so like, like die and come back. Like, you know, he's yeah. basically he's the same as Radish. Like he he can die and he can come back, but he he doesn't have to go back to the the Lazarus pool. He just comes back because he's like cursed essentially. Yeah, I, I, what I wanted to say was I uh, I think it's more like less Vandal Savage immortality and more like you know uh, resurrection sort of thing. Yeah, like I wanted to make a, that distinction that's fair um okay so going over to uh victor tell us real quick uh 60 seconds on the clock why is rachel ghoul better than craven the hunter go well rachel ghoul has lived for centuries he's i want to say that he's been around since like the dark ages uh correct me if i'm wrong there but his his overuse of the Lazarus Pit makes him makes him stronger at the cost of his sanity. He has probably, and he also has one of the most dangerous clans in in all of the world. The League of Assassins is renownedly known and feared by by all. And also, while Craven may be may be a good hunter, Rachel Ghoul is probably a better fighter. And if it wasn't for Rachel Ghoul. Batman would never be the crusader that he is today. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go five minutes for open debate. Uh, go at it, fellas. Alright. From my standpoint, I understand that Rachel Ghoul has a lot of like experience and stuff by this, but I have to ask. Is is Rachel Ghoul coming by himself? Or is he coming with a bunch of ninjas? Because we oh, know, because we know yeah. in the comics, they're vulnerable. Like all these villains are are vulnerable to the inverse ninja theory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah for the purposes of this debate, I would say that uh, it's Rachel Ghoul versus Craven the Hunter. Because if I'm going to bring in the League of Assassins, I also have to bring in like Craven's sons and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I have to like you know. I, I was just bringing up the inverse ninja theory, where it seems like whenever Rachel Ghoul shows up with a bunch of ninjas, he gets his ass kicked. Whereas, like, if he comes by himself, he's doing fine. Anyway, well, I think that, like, in uh, terms of like you know League of Assassins and whatnot, like, I think that there are plenty of different instances, both throughout the the comics and other media and whatnot, where uh, Rachel Ghoul will maybe even like show up with the League, and then he'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. None of you guys cut in on my action. I got this. Fair, you know what fair. I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's what. That's how I see it too. I see if we were to do, if we were to do an arena, if we were to do a, a, a 
one-on-one, one-on-one arena style, Raish would probably come with the arena so, just to have just to have his his followers um, watch him as he makes an example out of Craven. Yeah. So Nissa, uh, you fucking you 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 shut the fuck up, Nissa. This is how the real demon head runs the league. <laughs> <laughs> so I would question. Uh, I don't know about like Race Al Ghul's like physical attributes, but I know that like Craven has constantly shown to be more durable, far more durable than a normal normally human. Uh, shrugging off blows that would severely injure or kill a normal human with almost little to no injury, uh, due to his like special jungle herbs that he ingests, and also his potion also gives him like superhuman senses. So any like ninja tricks that Rajal Ghoul uses might be mitigated by by that as well. And like I said, he's gone toe to toe toe with supers, not just like, um, yes, like Batman is like a super person, but he is often considered just to be like a, um, what is it, a like super like he's not superhuman, he's just like peak human, whereas like Craven the Hunter goes toe to toe against superhero like superhuman people. On the regular, so he's also very gifted at at as a tactician, and he's considered very, uh, you know, athletic. Well, I would argue that the Lazarus Pit, because of because of Raish's overuse of it, it has made him nearly immune to most. To, to most toxins and para, uh, paralyzing agents. And each time he does use it, it does, it does increase his strength dramatically. So he, while he may not still be, still be superhuman, he is way above average strength. Mm-hmm. But I don't know in terms of strength how he would stack against Craven. Because to my knowledge of my knowledge of Craven is that he he did he does have a degree of superhuman strength. I believe he has the yeah. strength of a lion, who is considered to be king of the jungle, and that's what Craven considers himself to be. But it's it's just it's a gray area for me. Mm-hmm. It's a gray area in terms of strength because both of them. Both of them are above what are above normal. They punch above. Strength. They both punch above their weight class. Whereas, yeah. all right, I, but I would see it as ultimately coming down to to skill. And while Craven is is a a great combatant, he doesn't have the knowledge the knowledge that Rage has, who's been fighting for centuries mm-hmm. and training mm-hmm. the training for centuries, learning every every kinds of every kind of martial art that there is maybe even bothered some of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is another one that's kind of almost a draw unless you have a tiebreaker question, Brian. Uh, okay. Cause here's how I see this going down. I see this where I don't think 
Rachel Cool is going to run and hide from Craven. I don't think that's like, that, yeah. that would be the way it's going to be. So I don't think Craven has to hunt. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, but I also don't think that like Ra- uh, Craven's ability to come back is necessarily going to trump uh, Rachel Ghoul's because yeah. if they both are like you know agreeing to this duel, then Rach is gonna have an ace up his sleeve because he knows the location of every Lazarus pit on Earth. He's probably gonna you know set the fight up in a spot where he can easily have access to a Lazarus pit. Is That's there like a respawn timer on the Lazarus pit? Uh, no, to my knowledge, it's instantaneous. Once you dip somebody in there, they come out. They come out they back into... Yeah. Okay. And I, so, I think it also does depend a little bit on how badly they're hurt, but I that, I think it's also fairly rapid. Like, it's, you know, pretty instant. Okay. Um, now, what I will say is... Because uh, here's how I see it going down. Because Craven doesn't have to hunt, and mm-hmm. because... Ray Ghoul is not that gonna he's not gonna do that sort of thing. Like he's gonna he's gonna make a show of this sort of thing. So I see the two of them one on one in an arena, both of them having access to their regeneration powers if need be. But I see it happening where like Rachel Ghoul tosses Craven a sword and they just like they're gonna duel. They're not gonna kill each other because I don't think that they need to. You know no. what I'm it, No, it's about the hunt better. for Craven. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, it's 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 more of an ego thing for Rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an ego thing for Craven as well. Like his whole thing is like his at least in the Spider-Man comics, his whole thing is about proving that he's better than Spider-Man. And yeah. the same goes for Rage. He's always trying to prove himself to yeah. be this great, this grand master of of everything. Right. Yeah, so sure. Craven's the wants to be the best hunter. Rage wants to be the best grandmaster guy. So, like, what happens when one of them bests them? The other one's going to come back and go for it again. Like, their, yeah. their egos aren't going to be able to stand it. So, like... Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I will say, and I guess this is how we'll decide this one. Uh, ben, 60 seconds on the clock. I want you to tell me about how... Raven the Hunter would beat the bat. Ooh. We're going to settle this uh, like, okay, if they can't yeah. test each other, then what they're going to do is they're going to trade heroes and see who's the better of the two when it comes to dealing with respected heroes. I think Craven would all be about trying to set a trap. Like, I, f- I feel like Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Craven's kind of like trying to trap his prey, hunt his prey? He would set some sort of bait that Batman wouldn't be able to resist, and then if they escape from that, he would basically like stalk his quarry until he finds the bat, you know. And then like once he figures out, oh, you're Bruce Wayne, ha! Like Craven's like, I've caught you. And Craven would be done. Whereas Raj already knows who Bruce Wayne is, so I don't know what Raj Raj's like sort of Rache. way to best the Raish 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 Ghoul's sort of like <laughs> uh, thing would be to best the bat. Like Craven would just be happy, be like, "Oh, you hide your identity. I'll find out your identity." Uh, oh, you think you're the better detective? Here's this trap. Ah, you set my trap, and then 
I will hunt you, find out your identity. I have won. I'm the greatest hunter. Goodbye. Okay, so uh, 60 seconds on the clock. Victor, tell me how Ra's al Ghul would best Spider-Man. He would probably use every resource, every assassin that he has to to stalk Spider-Man and see, see who, who he hangs out with. Who um who he saves frequently, and he might end up using either Aunt May, Mary Jane. Um, he 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 might capture one of them to lure Spite Spider Man out and and probably challenge Spider Man to a one on one fight. That's that's how that's how I see Rache. He would he would ultimately use. Use his his resources to lure Spider-Man out, and if that and if that fails, uh, if if that fails, he 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 would he would do it himself. He would do it himself if if his assassins are incompetent and they can't they they're not successful in luring Spider-Man out. I see Rage taking it into his own head. So. I think the difference between these two villains is like Craven wants to prove that he's just better than whoever he he wants to best his quarry, what however he sees that. But he's sportsmanlike. He's not always like an evil guy. He just he wants to prove he's the best hunter. Whereas Rage, if he sets his sights on somebody, like the thing is, like we've seen what happens. Like Kingpin does this. He exposes Spider Man. And kills Aunt May. And we see what happens when Spider-Man takes the gloves off. Like, Craven would be fine with, like, figuring out who Batman is and being like, Ha I'm better than you, because I know who your identity is. Goodbye. But, well, Rash, if he decides he's going to, like, go after Spider-Man, he's going to fuck up and overstep. And, like, whereas, like... Like, Spider-Man has has this hair trigger where if you push him too far, he is going to destroy you. Like, I don't know that Raj al Ghul would be able to defeat Spider-Man because Spider-Man would be like, Why are these guys following me? And you just web them up everywhere. Eventually, Raj al Ghul would have to... Raish al Ghul would have to come out. And then when, he, when Raish al Ghul eventually oversteps and hurts somebody that Spider-Man loves, Spider-Man is going to fill his lungs with web fluid. <laughs> and it'll be game over, man. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and Raish is not afraid to go the extra mile. Raish will go the extra mile. Make the mistake of poking the bear, or stepping into the spider's web, or poking the bear, so to speak, and getting... That's a good, like, he's, that's a good question. Raish will like, fuck around and find out, and will not like the consequences of Spider-Man's getting poked. Whereas Craven, it's almost more of like a playful thing from a certain standpoint. He's not trying to kill Spider-Man. He's just trying to I best honestly him. don't know if Raish would actually resort to like wanting to kill Aunt May or Mary Jane or fucking whoever, like because Raish very rarely goes after like 
supplemental, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, it's not like he ever goes after Batman by going after Robin, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's very rare that he, like, usually it's very... He'll use Talia, though. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, he uses Talia, sure, but, like, that's just another tool at his disposal. It's not so much that he, mm-hmm. he's very laser-focused on his target, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, if he's going after, say, Damian Wayne, you know what I'm saying? Then he's going to go after Damian Wayne. He's not going to take down the other Titans. He's going to go for Damian Wayne. Mm-hmm. But yeah. would. I don't know that Rachel Ghoul would be able to beat a lot of Spider Man's weaknesses. Like, I think. I, I don't know. That would be a difficult question. Like, because, like, from that standpoint, like, Spider-Man's main weakness is his, like, relationships with, like, people like Aunt May, people like, uh, you know, Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy. Like, those are Spider-Man's weaknesses. Spider-Man proves time and again that he can punch it well, well above his weight class. Like, he's considered a street-level, like, hero, but, like, he's got the he strength. Back a lot. Like, yeah, he, yeah. he had, but that's because he's holding back a lot of time. And he's trying to sort of, like, maintain his normal life. But, like, when Spider-Man comes to play, Spider-Man comes to play, and he's got the strength and abilities to, like, hang with the Avengers. Like, I don't know, like... I mean, from one standpoint, I don't think Kraven would be con- considered, like, a threat to Batman, because Craven's Craven's not going around doing wanton violence. He's just trying to prove that he's better than than this this hero. Whereas yeah. like Batman, Batman doesn't care. So like Craven bests him. He's like, now what? Like Craven doesn't necessarily. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like Craven's not like going around killing people or like driving people insane or causing wanton mayhem in Gotham City. He's just like Batman, come fight me. Prove to me who is the better hunter. And while as like Ra's al Ghul, if he puts Spider-Man in his sights, he's gonna fight Spider-Man, and I think Spider-Man has the abilities to just basically like kick Ra's al Ghul's teeth in. Like, yes, he'll get back to his Lazarus pet and be okay, but like he's not the same enemy as Batman is. Ra- like he's he's gonna see through Ra's al Ghul's like levels of things and just like punch through all that. Well, Spider-Man's canonical biggest weakness is, of course, his personal life. Like, yes. That is the thing that hampers him the most. But Which Ra's al Ghul would not hesitate to exploit, I don't think. No, he certainly wouldn't hesitate to use any tool at his advantage. But I think the other big weakness, because one of Spider-Man's greatest strengths is easily his spider sense. It's a mm-hmm. type of precognition yeah. in canon for him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he can technically see the future. Mm-hmm. But, canonically... He actually has to react to it, though, because mm. while the spider sense does give him that sense of danger, he also has to actually have the physical ability to react to it, which is sometimes what trips him up the most. So I wonder if Ra's al Ghul would be able to, you know, nullify that spidey sense in a way in which uh, whether or not it's a toxin or whether mm-hmm. it's, uh, say, for example, like if because there have been characters who have just been too fast for Spidey. Mm-hmm. And we know that, like, Ra's al Ghul is able yeah. to go Myst- toe-to-toe with like, the bat. Mysterio has uh, toxins that can nullify Spidey's spider sense. Yeah. Um, so, but that doesn't 
but Mysterio still gets beaten, regardless of if he nullifies it. Certainly, certainly. Spider-Man has Spider-Foo, or whatever the heck they call it nowadays. Yeah. Way of the Spider. Way of the Spider. Yeah, there we go. I'm ultimately going to probably give this one to Craven the Hunter. Uh, I do think that they're very well matched, but I think, mm-hmm. Ben, you might have made a better argument for why Craven is mm-hmm. going to like win this contest sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it to you on that basis. We're going to kind of like leave it there. What's our tally? Uh, let's see here. Not not in terms of personal, in terms of Spidey versus Bats. Because yeah, that was yeah. the whole, what led to this whole argument was if, uh, I know Victor, you're aware, but for our listeners, uh, our whole argument was based off of if you plucked the Batman from Gotham City and you took Spider-Man from New York City and you switched them, who would win? And my stance was that Spidey would wipe the floor with the whole rogues gallery, whereas Batman would inevitably, inevitably, probably get his ass kicked. Because, you know, I mean, I we've, we've, we've put it up. that question here today. We have as not. As far as our tally is concerned, as far as our tally is concerned, if I'm crossing out any of the draws and whatnot, technically the Marvel side has won, uh, let's see here, one, two, Three, four, five, uh, to two. Five to two. Yeah! <laughs> now, I will say that uh, I do think that there were a number of different matches on the DC side that might have evened that out a little bit more. Like, I was really looking forward to Mr. Freeze versus Electro, because mm-hmm. honestly, I thought Mr. Yes, Freeze... Yes, that would have been... Yeah, elemental yeah. sort of uh, enemies, yes. Mm-hmm. That's what Marvel uh, mostly has. Marvel mostly has elemental enemies. Yeah. We're talking specifically Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also thought that Killer Croc versus Lizard would have been a, a very Ooh, cool Ooh, I was fight. looking forward to that one. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Joel mm-hmm. had to had to step out, but yeah, I'm hoping that yep. maybe we can continue this well, argument. Maybe we Possibly, revisit this, yeah. finish out the Rogue's Gallery, and then go and then finish out that episode with answering... The question. Well, uh, this week, I do believe, uh, rather than our normal D&D session this Wednesday, we're actually going to have another talk nerded to us. Uh, in which case, uh, Ben, how do you feel about Pokemon Smash Bros? <laughs> I mean, I said I was okay with it. I don't know if you'll get Joel on board. <laughs> Probably not, but at the same time, I just, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like just uh, some... You know, something fun, something light. Something Do it fun. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll have to, like, wait and see. And if you want to see what we're going to do this Wednesday, tune in to uh, Nerds of Legend, uh, 4.30, uh, normal time. We're going to be doing our Talk Nerdy to Us episode. Maybe we'll do some Pokemon Smasher Pass. Maybe it'll be something different. Maybe we'll uh, do some uh, other sort of, like, nerdy topics or whatnot. But you never know, so you'll have to tune in and find out. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Ben, I hear that Victor here, not super, uh, into the tabletop gaming community. Do you know anywhere where he might be able to, I don't know, say, get some dice to start him off on his, uh, adventure down that path? Well, I don't know, Brian, but I know of this place called Tabletop Loot, where I've been able to feed my inner dice goblin, and he has been assuaged at least a month at a time to com- complete to prevent me from wiping out my bank account buying more dice. 
So if you're looking to to avoid that dice goblin and and sort of placate him, then uh, the place to go is tabletop loot. Tabletop loot isn't that that place that you can pay twenty five dollars a month, and before the twentieth of every month, they'll send you uh, the you know four different sets of dice every month. Uh, straight to your door with no hidden fees or any kind of like bullshittery or whatnot. Isn't that the place where like uh, you get like all these really cool and interesting dice? Uh, and you can also go to their website to put in the code NOL15 for 15% off. That's right, Brian. And if you don't <laughs> think that, uh, and even if you don't, if, if you don't go for the monthly dice subscription, you can use that code that Brian gave you to get a discount of 15 percent on anything else in the store you said they send out four sets of dice four, sets of, four dice. sets of dice a month. every month that is uh, four yeah. sets of dice that i do not have and they're oh, beautiful yeah. they are absolutely wonderful uh i of course have my uh little crown royal bag that i'm currently pulling up uh <laughs> this uh particular crown royal bag has all the tabletop loot dice that they have sent me this year so far, and uh, I mean, I'm always very satisfied with both their quality as well as their price. Again, that's $25 a month. Order before the 20th of each month, and they will send out a uh, minimum of four sets of dice every month. Uh, round about uh, in between, like, what is it? Like, usually I get mine. The 15th to the 20th. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, all right and again uh thanks again victor for joining us uh thank you guys uh, for having me yeah yeah. pleasure so maybe it sounds like we're gonna have to finish this uh finish out this little uh debate here maybe finish out our our tier list a little bit more and uh again uh victor what what's your podcast and and uh, where can they find you well our Instagram page is down, but it will be up shortly. Uh, you can find us at Pegwarmers Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Instagram, or if you want, you could you could look for me on Instagram as well. Instagram, Twitter at Exia underscore Double O Riser. Uh, I'm sure these guys will have their links down, but uh, but yeah, my name is Victor from from the Pegwarmers, and I look forward to working again with with. Uh, Nerds of Legend. Yeah. And is it Pegwarmers or The Pegwarmers? Because when I was looking for you guys, I saw there was like two things. Uh, just to make, just to no, be sure. No, The Pegwarmers. The Pegwarmers. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure. So search for The Pegwarmers podcast and you'll find Victor's stuff. Um, again, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, for watching, and we'll see you again on Wednesday for a talk nerdy to me. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple days. Bye-bye. Take care.